are live and you are listening to Revive, the marketing podcast for manufacturers. My name is Clint. And I've been telling my co-host Austin, uh, we are the marketing podcast for manufacturers. He's been saying a marketing podcast and uh, go out there and find another one. Find another marketing podcast that is geared towards manufacturers. You like how I did that? Geared? You get that? Okay. Uh, today is part two of our podcast with the CI Design guys, Brent, Scott, and Jim. And we're looking forward to talking more about augmented reality. Yeah, so let's jump right in. Um, but we're really excited about our incorporation now for five years. We, we go um, all the way back to infant place where with augmented reality and virtual reality as we've brought that into the feature set of, of our apps. Can you explain to me like I'm in elementary school what augmented reality is and what virtual reality is? Yeah. What the difference is? I can give the elementary answer. Excellent. Not for me. I, yeah. I know what it is. Yeah, right. uh, it's, not, it's for my friend. Uh, right. Well, I, I, I'll take the, the easy side of that and then, and then we'll have Scott and Brent uh, round us out a little bit more with um, some of the, the more technical aspect. But augmented reality is, for me, is making something appear that isn't really there. And, and I, I would think a lot of the listening audience would get that. But when you are able to bring to a presentation something you could never pull out of a, a presentation case, either by size or weight or dollar investment for purposes much more than novel, integrate the timing of when to activate seeing something um, appear on a tabletop or in the corner of a, of a boardroom or, or wherever you're meeting that customer. That's really, really cool thing. HoloLens itself is actually augmented reality. You still see the reality. We're portraying something as an overlay onto it. We're not replacing it. So, um, so goggles don't equal virtual reality. Is the, the overlay of something that's already there. So that's the key to augmented. Mm -hmm. Where virtual is just you're completely wiping everything. You don't see anything that's there. You're completely fabricated environments. Uh, you see nothing around you. And that it can be disorienting to some folks. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's like being in a computer-generated environment. Uh, and in between there is mixed reality, which can be like the HoloLens, which will scan the room and it knows there's a table and it knows there is a pillar and objects can be under the table or behind the pillar so it mixes the reality with the augmented experience. You can also have uh, a, a virtual reality, mixed reality, where, uh, and we saw some demos I mean, by Ford uh, out of the show around this, where you're in a virtual environment, very high fidelity, like this is game technology, so uh -huh. game engine rendering. Um, but it also knows that there is some sort of table or uh, a chair in a certain place in the room. And when in the virtual environment that's completely false or fake and synthetic, I don't know what word you want to use, you can, through the computer lens, cast any surface you want. So you can have a white table surface and you can make it marble, you can make it brushed steel. Uh, one of the large home improvement chains is doing this now. You can go in and design your kitchen virtually 
and literally it's a black box. All the cabinets have a generic veneer to them, mm -hmm. but you put on the helmet and now you're seeing mahogany, you're seeing it painted white, you're seeing these. So that mixed reality, there is a physical object and I'm casting uh, anything I want onto that is also becoming a thing. Now, it's, it's a little bit different in that it requires a physical space that matches the virtual space. So in a showroom or some entertainment places are, are using this where they have a room and they have certain fixtures around it um, that they can change the skin on. Yeah. So just project different, different looks on the objects. So that mixed reality thing is something that's confused the market a little bit, but also sort of excited the market in some new ways. I and mean, we've seen early adopters like like this home improvement chain, use it, um, and it's been very fruitful. It's yeah. really interesting. Another example, I, um, Volvo is, they have a mobile showroom now, and it's mixed reality in that there's a seat that you can sit in, but you feel like you're getting into the vehicle and they have the props. So, you know, back to that tactile mix of tactile and visual um, type of experience. But, you know, think about the possibility of not having to have a physical location, but be able to travel around. You also don't have to have every model and every yeah. option, right. but you can sit in and grab an actual steering wheel, but whether that's a leather-bound tan steering wheel or black steering wheel is totally up to the virtual environment. So you can get the real feel. Uh, in fact, there's one company who's, who's guess, proposing to allow you to configure a car completely virtual. Yeah, actually, um, it, it's not the mixed reality, but um, we saw a demo by Cadillac went to a dealership on the East Coast. Um, with a vehicle that was not in production yet, but I, and actually took orders from customers who were able to sit in a uh, mid-size SUV, you know, go through and try the different um, finishes and options and order from the dealership that way. So, you know, they were touting that they're the first, like, automotive uh, company that's going to be able to pre-production like sell vehicles because yeah. people can actually experience this. You're bringing it to market that much faster. Yeah. So I mean, obviously that stuff's already built into the the back end of whatever that you're building before. So I mean, manufacturers could could be doing that same thing where they have the, the machine yeah. built electronically, not necessarily ready for shipment, but at a trade show, I mean, it, place an order. This is what it is. We we you know we take in CAD files or engineering drawings for everything that we do and that's typically a step that's going to happen in the manufacturing process before right. it's actually produced so it's completely possible. We have a couple of apps that um, for plumbing fixtures that um, do overlay this bathroom fixture over the top of what's already there and so while we can talk about um, how exciting it is for those bigger budgets with the uh, auto manufacturers. We have some um, uh, very much meet, meet people where they're at, meet a manufacturer where they're at, and see their products in an environment. And if we have to cover up something that's in the physical environment that, that we need to overlay on, or, or uh, any combination of visualization, we're doing that. We're placing ceiling fans and light fixtures on ceilings. Um, we're doing plumbing um, fixtures, as I mentioned, in, in the bath or lavatory um, situation. Um, some warehouse type of equipment that you can uh, see right there. So it's, it's, it's now, and it'll just only get better. CI jumped into it in a time, in a time where we needed the target. And so that means the mobile device had to be pointed at a recognizable piece of art and then make 
that reality augment sure. um, with something that wouldn't normally be there. It was it was it was great because it's all we had at the time. Like those, uh, I, I don't know, alcohol labels that talk to you when you point at them. That's a great yeah. example. Okay, so yeah, it's not something that's actually in the room, but you just see it on your phone like it's in the room. That's right. right. Yeah, and you still see, um, you know, you see elements of the table or paper that's out on the table. But wow, look at that! There's um, an engine, and maybe you tap the screen, and now that becomes a cutaway of an engine. Wow, now, you know, you've really excited a different part of your prospect's brain when they are able to look at something, see that you understand their world, whatever it is, that that object, you don't have to drag them out to a plant floor or across town or across the country to see a demonstration of something. We're, We're having a different kind of conversation. We did about five of those types of target or marker as as we would call it uh, augmented reality apps um, and again it wasn't just to make something appear we usually made another interaction point or 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 a number of them to see features you tap on this and and some information would come up you tap on this and we start moving parts in motion just just really neat what's exciting about where augmented reality is going is that we now don't need that piece of artwork to point a camera at. It became a little clumsy. Sometimes you would accidentally move off of camera was pointed and you have to train salespeople to, to do this very well. What's nice now is that we don't have any of the targets um, limiting us anymore. When we get the augmented reality experience started, it, it, it's as if it did exist in that room. We can move a, a mobile device off of um, center, point 180 degrees the other way, and we come back to it. That object's still there. We've done augmented reality now for some very large products, things that couldn't physically make it to a sales conversation. And so that's that's been really nice for our customers where that becomes either an impossibility or very large, expensive proposition. In one case, we were saving that customer who typically did all the shipping and expenses associated with disassembly and reassembly for trade shows to show their product off at trade shows. Now they could experience that same product at actual size um, in an augmented reality app situation off of a Surface tablet or an, an iPad. Yeah, that's wild. So I, I, I've always thought, like, and maybe this this is something for later on, but um, do, do you envision a world like 50 years from now? What I always think is 10 years ago, the app didn't exist, right? There was no app. Now there's an app for everything. So 10 years from now, what's going to not be available today that's going to revolutionize things? But do you see maybe 10, 20, 30 years trade shows that are so massive now that have all these machines there kind of maybe empty out and everybody's using these virtual virtual reality spaces and instead of lugging their machines down? It's, it's real possible. We are, you know, even the last couple of years we've seen um, not existing trade shows, but uh, new, newly themed uh, and categorical trade shows um, only operating online. So vendors giving slots to speak live with live slideshows and things like this. 
if we overlay VR onto that, why wouldn't you be in a virtual conference hall and walking the aisles uh, in the virtual environment as if you're actually there uh, seeing, hearing, experiencing, giving them your information, get swag, you know, I mean, it can all be done virtually and the stuff just shows up at your office, right? Um, then taking the experiences that we're working with now and starting to get really deep into interacting with product, providing information around product, um, using the elements of what we know from our sales enablement apps of helping to control the script to make sure the sale is most as effective as possible and putting that into VR and AR and now throw that into a virtual conference and every conversation happens at a one-to-one -one level, not a one-to-thirty level. Mm -hmm. You can answer questions you know, on the side with infinite number of customer service reps. I mean, I think that's a very real possibility. Mm -hmm. um, who knows where we're gonna go with the display technology. I mean, folks these days are working on holographic displays that are quite impressive. Uh, and is that the uh, Chewbacca playing the thing in the Millennium Falcon when it pops up like that? Is that what you're talking about? Similar, yeah. Gotcha. yeah. yeah. Just make you know, sure we're on the same way back here. When that becomes you know, consumer-friendly, it's a whole different right. game. But um, businesses will still have the same uh, needs, right? They need to be competitive. They need to grow. They need to be on the cutting edge. And they need to tell their story in a more articulate way. So whatever tools are available, AR, VR, and whatever's next, you know, we're going to be there working on those technologies, trying to build out the best solution. And, and building one that's meaningful, and, and this is something that's super important to us when you talk about um, novelty. Uh, sure, five years ago, uh, um, AR was novel. Uh, now it's an accepted you know, consumer gaming platform, it's accepted for business. We still have a ways to go. We can still push that envelope and make it more valuable. VR comes in and the first thing you need to do is acclimate people to it and they're gonna do that because they're gonna see gimmicky uh, presentations, right? You're gonna have the New York Times sending out a little cardboard mass <laughs> to every subscriber and showing them really important documentaries. Uh, meanwhile, you're going to have uh, another company do the same thing and put a silly, silly like serial dancing character in, you know, in a virtual environment and play a little mini game, and that serves to get people used to the te technology, getting a helmet on your head. And that. Then it's our job to take that, take what we know about marketing and distribution and customers and our clients' operations and create an experience that's more than novel. So it can draw you in with novelty, but then what? Mm -hmm. Then we deliver value. Then we deliver sales proposition and process. And we equip people to do better at selling and equip people to receive that information better. So that's really where we swim. Um, VR, at this point, we are still in the early stages of adoption. People still look at what we would see as the simplest demo ever, and they've other they make noise yeah. and they, they laugh and um, and then after that we can have a very serious conversation about how we can change the, the complexion of your, your your business in different ways. And Clint, I think you know your question about what's it gonna look like in the future. I mean to Scott's point, it's really early days. We were at a conference recently and we saw an engineering firm. Um, if you think about, like, we're all used to, like, a Skype meeting or go to meeting. Mm -hmm. Now, um, this was an engineering firm that had people at different locations. A moderator was on the stage, and um, they were interacting with engineering diagrams, marking things up. Um, the program 
could create a PDF that was a record of that meeting after the fact. So I think, you know, the first baby steps first, maybe part of that is um, thinking about new ways to do things that we do now better. I think one of the other things that um, we saw at that conference too is how much of the brain is engineered to process visual input and information. I think that, you know, AR and VR really are a visual medium. Um, and, and we also saw some um, tactile inputs too, like new um, tactile gloves that allow people to kind of, people are starting to experiment with what's the feel around AR and VR to the first time you put on a headset and kind of immerse yourself, um, you can really get lost in the space. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, that probably brings another level of reality to it. Sure. I think so. Yeah. And you said um, just how AR was kind of the stepping stone and now things are switching to VR. Do you think AR is going to be gone? I don't think so. Here's why. Um, because the, the ability to overlay synthesized information over a real uh, uh, environment uh, is always going to be important. Whether it's I'm wearing a HoloLens in a manufacturing plant and I look at a particular piece of equipment and up on the screen automatically pops the service history and safety record of that piece of machine. And it says, oh, we need to replace a part in 30 hours or something, right? Um, so there's always going to be a real-time monitoring or field service where a technician throws on some goggles, looks at a device, it does an exploded view of the maintenance manual of it, it says you need this part, and here's how you install it, and walks you through. Um, so you're unencumbered. Um, uh, by holding a device, by using visors, uh, you've got information, perhaps another person's talking in your ear from the home office and helping you through, right, mm -hmm. because they can see the feed. So there's always going to be need for that. VR, um, from a retention level, is a bit higher because you're experiencing and your brain just tags that, as Brent said. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, um, from a, a, an immersive training uh, video, those are all things that only function in VR. So I think they're going to cohabitate, um, but they will differentiate themselves eventually here. It started with people trying to make similar experiences, and now we're seeing it diverge. There are scenarios that are going to be most appropriate for any technology, and we're finding those. Often, there's going to be an AR and VR counterpart, mm -hmm. right? Um, depending on the scenario, you use one or the other. Uh, so we would explore that, you know, with our customer and what's the best immediate application uh, and then what's the future state, where we want to get to with that technology so we make sure we're not going down a narrowing path, but we're going down an expanding path. Right. I think another reason why um, augmented wouldn't go away, um, we heard about a, a large shipbuilder, you know, engineering firm, and they cut their... Um, they have a lot of equipment, scaffolding and stuff that will go into the ship that they own that they don't want to send off when the ship's delivered to a client. Um, so if it was a really tedious checklist, walk around the ship, um, you know, document and make sure that everything's off of, uh, off the ship before they deliver, and they were able to cut the, um, the, that inspection time by like 90%. So there's more... Um, you know, their staff can do more with that time. They're saving money. They're, you know, making sure that they're more accurate about it. And, I mean, I guess, um, you know, it could go away if there is no real world anymore. But that's, you know, that's an application where, for a business reason, it's saving them money. And I think, you know, that's a trend that Jim talked about. The client that, you know, didn't have that expense for a trade event 
Um, so I think that you know that will impact for a long time. There's a neat thing that happened, and and uh, you may have seen it, guys. Um, CI has hosted now this past year about seven open houses. We had current customers, some of our own prospects, some otherwise competitors. We just kind of opened our doors to show off all that CI has been doing for the last a little over five years in augmented reality and virtual reality. And so people got a chance to see hands-on um, some tablet augmented um, reality solutions, real practical things that we've done for our clients as well as might have been their first experience with Oculus Rift, its Gear VR counterpart, or the Microsoft HoloLens. And it was a neat sort of um, focus group for us to witness um, because we're not putting them in the demos that come with Oculus Rift. We're showing them real spaces, real products, real solutions that we've developed and it's neat, and you see the smile go on their face. They have an experience. The brain is giving it a memorable experience and, and, and delighting them in some way. But I saw more actually delight, I think, the ooh and the ah, when they were able to hold a tablet, see a thing appear, kind of tip and lean towards their friend and say, did you see this? literally start having a conversation on the screen, pointing at the screen themselves. I'm not saying that I'll, um, that that's the way to go or my recommendation, but right now the folks that we've seen of about a hundred people that have been through, um, in this last year, um, I would say more were enamored with the augmented piece for the reasons, um, uh, that I described, but I think maybe too, it just felt more comfortable. It felt more like I didn't have to put on a headset. I didn't have to be told some instructions. HoloLens has a few of its um, cursor um, movements and things that you do with your finger in front of the camera. It has voice commands. It's just augmented reality is a little more um, natural. So it, I think it's going to have its place. Mm-hmm. I would say, too, the deployment, uh, you know, practical matter is the cost. So if you have 100 salespeople, are you more apt to equip them with a $300 tablet each or a $1,000 gaming laptop with a $600 headset mm-hmm. or a $3,000 HoloLens? The price on that's coming down pretty soon. But um, there's a practicality and a mobility and a usability factor to AR um, that just makes sense for most businesses. Definitely. And you, you touched on it earlier how there's going to be a screen at a machine that's going to say you need to change this tool in the next 30, 30 hours or so. Um, with manufacturing, um, we're seeing a lot of shift to robotics. Um, is there a chance that AR could take away jobs in manufacturing down the line? I was going to say that too because the way that you described it, you, you said it, you, know, you put on these goggles and it pops up and it shows you exactly what to do, how to do it. It seems like a, you could plug that info into a computer and have, have the robot do it. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't have an answer to that because we don't deal with, you know, <laughs> I don't know what it takes to actually turn that screw on any given machine. I would think that would be a fairly complex problem to, to have a, a robot do it at this right. stage anyway. Again, the future is the future. 
Um, but um, the data that they would be looking at comes from internal systems that people are putting in or is generated by systems and put into their PAM or you know, uh, any, any, any data system that's in there. So um, I don't think we're displacing anybody that way. Uh, I think the, the utility and the streamlining might allow them to better allocate resources that they have. I don't need five people doing this. I need three people doing this. And these two are better served in, over here doing this thing. Uh, or we don't need the foreman on the floor as much. They can be boss, you know? Right. Um, so, uh, you know, less, uh, less maintenance issues on the floor uh, mean that we have more productivity time. You know, so I think there's a balance there to be had. And that question is going to come up anytime the technology is introduced. We're not afraid of it. We certainly have had that conversation with our customers about how this impacts. Um, so far, all of the solutions enhance uh, and make better, make more efficient, have ROI attached to them. Um, I'm sure the day will come where there's something that either we're asked to do or we conceive of that has uh, a great deal of benefit but could, um, could compromise you know, someone's job that way. Um, I don't know what that scenario would be. You know, we're certainly not looking for that, but uh, it is a reality. A discussion we're having with one client is that they have such a need for field service. Okay, so for this manufacturer, uh, they are hiring like crazy and doing training for their service techs. So those are jobs. Those jobs are coming to uh, those those people, and, and there's actually a great need for it. How AR and VR enters their world um, a new term to introduce for our podcast here is digital twin. We are talking about making an experience with um, the same equipment that's on the floor there that they that the tech is to service. And they can pull up an experience with technology that shows, you know, it's this red part here. Oh, you're looking at it from the backside, the front side. Now you know what what the access panel is and here's some data on how to change out that part here's where the screws are here's the tech sheet and so um the the need for service um is isn't going away but the need to furnish and train and and um deploy the right kind of service quickly is is where our our piece uh comes in so it's super exciting i think with you know with both augmented reality and the sales enablement that we are talking about earlier once this is deployed the organization is learning a lot too there's a lot it becomes a two-way communication channel with the field so you've got more data coming back about what's working and what isn't and you know how do you take that information and do more with it does that lead to new products new services um, for the field um, that the analytics coming in like um, you know we were talking about earlier where I think Jim mentioned the um, field rep in one city that was having you know, success at one point. I mean, we, we can monitor that now. You deploy the app, sales enablement app, maybe there's a piece of AR content on there that helps talk to a product, but you're gonna learn things from the field too. And, and you know, around the point of do jobs go away, well, that creates a whole other set of information and evolution um, for the manufacturer. Perfect. Go ahead. I think you know one of the exciting things is once you have a sales enablement app set up with your force, um, there's a lot of talk now around 
big data and digital transformation. Um, and I think as manufacturers become more sophisticated and they have some of the back office systems in place, ERP systems, inventory systems, e-commerce systems, their CRM, um, you know, to help the sales force and marketing uh, work better together, um, that, you know, this is a logical building block for all of that. It helps move the organization forward. Um, you have all of those functionalities that can be added over time. And I think what's interesting about, um, you know, the 100 so sales enablement apps that CI has um, going with clients, many of them are repeat customers and they're planning fiscal to fiscal. Okay, this worked great. Now we're going to make even more value out of that investment. So what's the next piece of functionality that we put in? We just, you know, upgraded to salesforce.com. So we want to integrate um, the CRM with the, the metrics that are coming out of the app. I think it's really a, a you know, a foundational investment that um, can really grow over time. And we had a little fun um, on the fun side of things here with uh, sort of a sales competition uh, aspect to a couple of the apps where there was leaderboards and uh, friendly challenges that got you points towards some neat um, rewards uh, that, that that manufacturer was extending to the sales force. What that's all well and good. What they got was engagement. They really got people trying hard, and we could we could measure and monitor and make that successful program internally for them. One of the things about engagement that just popped in my mind is people say the the biggest problem in today's the biggest challenge in today's society is getting somebody's attention. So when you actually hand them that iPad, you have that attention, and you have so it's already set up for you. So you're kind of laying it up alleying it and then they oop it that's the way I like to say it we'll cut that out (laughs) yeah true 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 that Jim had talked with um, one of our manufacturing clients that does a trade show event about um, reconfiguring one of the part of their spaces because typically they can only take one size option and one finish option to that event and you know maybe they have some swatches of, of the different finishes, but if it's just an open space and there's an augmented or a virtual reality experience, they can take everything basically for the show. And we're starting to see it. We walk a number of trade shows a year for industries uh, that we're interested in and have clients at. And I don't know what percentage uh, you guys have seen yourselves, but you know, if last year it was three or four virtual reality experiences that a, a whole trade show, you know, by by quantity had three or four um, vendors that were exhibiting that way. Now it was seven and eight. It's not, it, we haven't seen, you know, a, a huge switch over yet. I think it's coming. I think it's coming real quick. Um, there's There's a longer line usually at those trade shows for those manufacturers showing something. It's, um, it makes it a more approachable booth, honestly. There's something featured. I don't mind standing in line. I probably don't have to exactly just talk to somebody that uncomfortability of being one-on-one, yet engage in an experience because it, it feels like a, a program. Well, you, you asked about the future, kind of, and I think it kind of dovetails off the common uses. I mean, I think AR, VR, people see like 
I'm always interested when you talk to a client and maybe an industry that works with manufacturing or adjacent to. Mm -hmm. um, we had a client in that um, is in the um, training and recruiting space, and they, you know, they're like, they went through one of the um, open houses that Jim was talking about earlier, and it instantly saw use for onboarding new employees, and you know, the whole there's more visual gray matter in the brain. Um, taking on like a VR experience where you go through all your onboarding documentation, um, which I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have thought of myself. But I think there's an evolution of not just like the product visualization, but we've had some clients recently ask about how can I do more interesting data visualization around that in an interactive way. Um, so you know, the training, development, the cost savings. I think it's evolving towards more business uses. Right, so it's not just to show these end use products or even even a press that you're gonna have for sale, but just to help improve the business practices. Yeah, and, engage and a little think, more. I think you know some of the experiences that we've done. That's part of the beauty of it. You you can um, you don't have to take this giant piece to a trade event, but on top of it, you can open panels, see electrical data, airflow, water flow. You know, for some of the water technology companies we work with. Um, and it's not going to break. Right. Yeah. Well, the show <laughs> One of my favorite apps that we have done in place some augmented reality was to show a supply chain um, process. So it wasn't exactly about can you make my widget show up, although there was that manufacturer's products all over this piece. It was going to a facility manufacturing type facility explaining uh, what happens in the exterior of, of this supply chain shipping and receiving and um, we're using our left thumb our right thumb as we're holding um, a, a tablet and, and walking through 22 different processes in the supply chain sequence and about the third one um, as the we have their attention, they see, oh yeah, that, that looks like what would happen in the shipping and receiving um, scenario. We tap the screen and you are rotated and sort of through a transparent wall brought to the inside tr transactions. What's, what's it like on the other side of that wall? And we go through the, the remaining steps but we watch and such a, a almost emotional thing happen when that sort of lazy Susan of that environment goes 180 and you're transported somewhere else. We really have their attention, which is great. But we're having a sales conversation in a short amount of time more thoroughly than we ever could have with a script. And, and I'd even say with a video because now we are engaging points right to the, to the thumb click and um, it's been a, a really neat thing to, to work on um, the understanding, the learning part that augmented reality and virtual reality provides, not just do you like our product, do you want to see it in another color, but helping really advance the conversation, understanding of how, how this manufacturer understands their life. And uh, it's been great. That's, that's really cool stuff. I think just showing, especially the listeners on this, showing the uses other than, like you said, here's like our product, here's a different color. 
but actually walking through that cycle and just your practices, it really can separate yourself as your company from your competitor down the street. Yeah. And that, and that again, that comes back to us being a brand and marketing firm. It, those are brand messages. Those are value props brought to you by that, uh, our clients to help advance, you know, your understanding and relationship with them. The sale will probably come, but let's do a good job of being a, a great, a great brand steward and, and advocate for for our, our own customers. But it's been great. Thank you guys for having us. Uh, we love talking about this stuff. We love showing it off as well. Um, and um, it's been a, a real pleasure doing the app that we are currently engaged in with you. And uh, you're a great client, and, um, and we're enjoying that so much. We appreciate it, Jim. And uh, Jim, Brent, Scott, appreciate you guys coming in. I have a feeling we'll have you back sometime. Maybe we'll make the walk across the street next time. Uh, you know. Eye for an eye, and um, yeah, it's been great. You really appreciate it. You got it. Thanks a lot for tuning in, guys. Uh, Really appreciate having CI Design team here. Um, Really great guys. Really interesting stuff with the app development, augmented reality, virtual reality. Uh, That stuff's endless. So it's really cool to have them here. Yeah. Thank you again. And our guest next time is going to be a manufacturer who has recently rebranded from the ground up. Same name, but brand new aesthetic. So we're looking forward to sharing her story with you coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Oh, 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 oh,